Elijah said, maybe he's busy. Just try to get his attention. And everything, Baal didn't come. And at the point, Elijah said, okay, you stop. You're wasting your time. I told you this is not a true God. Now let me prove to you that Yahweh is a true God and there's no any other God beside him. So Elijah built his altar, put his sacrifice on, and built a trench and said, bring water and pour on this sacrifice. Pour water. And they pour so much water, and Elijah started praying. And Elijah said, if you are the true God, if you are Yahweh, show yourself. Come down with fire and consume the sacrifice. And Elijah called God, and God descended with fire and consumed the sacrifice. And the people went. Wow. Truly, Elijah, your God is Yahweh. And Elijah said, seize all the prophets of Baal. Seize them. Don't let any of them go. He seized all the prophets because they were misleading the people. So Elijah said, slaughter all of them. Now, Elijah just had this high point. He was on top of the mountain. Talk about success. Like you prayed and God answered and fire came down. Wow. Like if I pray and fire came down right now, the whole of the city will be here next Sunday. Don't you think so? Let's <laughs> go to Pastor William. He prayed and fire. Right? Elijah was at the highest point of his success. He prayed and God answered. God demonstrated himself before everyone. And right after that, right after success, right after highest point in his life, in his ministry, in his career, this was the highest. Man, it was, you cannot beat that. And right after that, So, Jezebel, after Ahab told Jezebel what Elijah did, Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it so severely if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of the one, one of them. Basically, Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you the way you kill the prophets of Baal. Now you think Elijah would say to Jezebel, bring it on. <laughs> right? You think Elijah would say, man, I just had this moment with God, this powerful experience with God. Just, just, Jezebel, just bring it on. No. He didn't do that. He did something just mind-blowing. And today I want to share with you two things from Elijah's experience that you should avoid when you're having a bad day. When, you, when you're confronted with discouragement and despair, 
two things you shouldn't do. One, avoid isolation. Avoid isolation. Verse 3 and 4. Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. Why would you do that? Why would you isolate yourself from a community that can support you and be there for you? God never intended for you or for anyone to be alone. And God never intended for anyone to be with people that makes you feel alone. You see, it's one thing to be alone and know that you are alone. Nobody is there. You don't see anybody. It's another thing to be with people and still be alone. Robin Williams said this. I used to think the worst thing in life is to end up alone. The worst thing in life is to end up with people who make you feel alone. Never isolate yourself and never be with people that make you feel that you have nobody. Isolation is never an option. It should never be an option. We, we need people. You need people around you that will give you a different perspective. You see, when you're in your situation, you're in it. And you don't see any other thing different. You need somebody from the outside that will give you a different perspective. Somebody that will say, maybe it's not as bad as you think. We don't want to hear that when we are going through bad moments. You know, I have moments that I wake up in the morning and I will tell my wife, um, uh, today is just a bad day. And, you know, sometimes it's something that happened. Sometimes maybe... I got a phone call from my family in Nigeria, or I read something that is happening in Nigeria, or I read something that is happening in the country. Um, the tension, the political, or whatever situation, or I see, um, I see, I hear so much about orphans, or, or widows, or, or I see somebody suffering, or I see somebody hungry, and, and there's no, nothing I can do to help. Like, I'm just having a bad day. I wish I can, just, I can just step into the situation and help, but I feel helpless. And then there are moments that I'm just having a bad day, and she would ask me, why are you? I said, I don't know. It's just a bad day. I just feel discouraged. And every single time 
I said to my wife, I'm discouraged. She will give me a new perspective of life. It's not as bad as you think. Just think about yesterday. Or think about last week. Or think about what God did here. Or do you see where God is taking us? Do you remember? You need somebody around you that will just give you a fresh perspective that will tell you, you know what, I understand what you're going through, but look at it this way. So number one, don't isolate yourself. Number two, avoid comparison. Avoid comparison. Look at Elijah. <laughs> he was running for his life, and then he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. This is a prophet. Somebody that hears the voice of God and communicates the voice of God to people. He's at the lowest point of his life, and he didn't see any hope. He didn't see anything getting better in the future, and the only thing he can wish for his life is death. Wow. He prayed. He said to God, I have just enough. Lord, take my life. Take my life. I am not better. <laughs> he started comparing himself. I am not better than my ancestors. Elijah, who told you? You see, when you compare yourself with those superior, you feel inferior. When you compare yourself with those inferior, you feel superior. Neither honors God. Comparison does not honor God, period. Let me take it deeper. It's sinful. It's a sin. We don't, we don't talk about that. We don't see comparison as a sin. We see, oh man, you did this, you gossip, you did that, that is a sin. You took money from somebody, that's a sin. But we don't really, when you begin to compare your wife or your husband with somebody's husband, it's a sin. Let me put it that way. When you start comparing your job with somebody's job, Two things will happen. It will make you feel either inferior or make you feel superior. And either of that brings glory to God. God doesn't bring honor to God at all. So Elijah started comparing. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm not better than my ancestors. I'm, I'm not better than Abraham. I'm not better than uh, Isaac. I'm not better than Jacob. I'm, I'm not better than any of them at all. He started devaluing himself. And you're precious to God. 
just the way you are. And where you are and what you have, God, you're just where you're supposed to be with God. So don't compare. Don't compare. If you have bad days and then you went, just <laughs> all right, yeah. Everybody should say yes to this question. You have bi- bad days and you, you went on Facebook. Did you come out of it feeling better? No. You come out worst. Maybe you're, 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 you're thinking about, oh my goodness, I wish I could just take a vacation. And then you go on Facebook and you see your friend posting pictures from Paris. And you go, oh man. And then you go through the timeline, you discover it was five years ago. <laughs> right? Why will you compare? Oh, you see somebody painted their house and you go, man, I wanted to fix our house for two years now. We couldn't do anything. You know, I do that to my wife a lot. We bought this house two years. We didn't do anything about it. And look at these people. They just bought their house and all these things are coming up. And I feel so, I I feel even bad, like worst. So don't go on Facebook when you're having a bad day. Just put it away. And really, you have people that actually do that. Like they post things from two years ago as if it just happened. When you compare yourself with others, you feel inferior or superior. When you stop comparing yourself with others, you feel empowered. Elijah started comparing. You see, you need to be thankful for what you have and trust God for what you need. Be thankful for what you have. Trust God for what you need. Never compare to make your life miserable. Miserable. So Elijah ran 40 days and 40 nights. This is not just one day of discouragement. This is not like one bad day. It was 40 days and 40 nights of discouragement and despair. He just kept running for his life. He was discouraged. Verse 11 And the Lord finally got to him, got his attention. And the Lord said to Elijah, after he finally got to where he wanted to go, God said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart. 
and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, and the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Why was Elijah looking for God in the powerful wind, in the earthquake, in the fire? You see, many times when our problems seem big, we expect big miracles. But we miss God in the smaller miracles. Elijah looked at his problem. It was so big. Jezebel, Jezebel was so big for Elijah. And the only thing that Elijah believed is able to sweep her away was when he saw the mighty and powerful wind. He looked at the size of Jezebel, his problem, and he looked at the wind and he said, yes, this truly matched up. Like Jezebel, yes, if God show up this way, God is going to sweep you away. Yes, Jezebel, this is the kind of God I want. My problem is so big. And God, you need to come. You need to match up. God was not in the wind. Then the earthquake, and Elijah was like, yes. I think when this earthquake opens up, to just swallow Jezebel. And that will be the end of it. Because this woman is so powerful, the only thing that can stop her is an earthquake. And God was not in it. And then fire, and Elijah was like, yes, this also is good. Because the fire can consume her. Because this woman is so powerful, then the only thing that can match up with her with her threat, the only thing that can match up is a fire. You see, when you're going through a bad day and you think your problem is so big, it's big to you, but it's not big to God. Our problems are not really that big. <laughs> Because our God is bigger. So when we start looking for big miracles to match our problems, like the size of our problem, God doesn't even speak that language of big or small. That is our, that is our man-made language. We are the ones that size up things. God said, you're sick? Is that what is giving you a bad day? I'm just going to heal you. I don't need to compare that with anything. I don't need, you don't need all night prayer. You know, you, have you been to places where they say, you know what, this problem is so big, we need to pray three hours? Jesus, Jesus just saw the sick and said, be healed. And they were healed. He just believed. You just believe. 
You see, prayer. Okay, I shouldn't, this is not, I should be talking about bad days. Not prayer. So come on Tuesday, let's pray together. Our problems are big to us, but they're not big to God. Jezebel was big to Elijah. It's just nothing to God. So Elijah was looking for a big thing. He's looking for the wind and the earthquake and the fire. And God said to Elijah, that is not truly what you need. The matter of fact, Jezebel is not your problem, Elijah. What you truly think is your problem is not your problem. And sometimes, so we really think is the thing that is giving us the bad day is not really the thing. <laughs> Something different. So God said, let me help you, Elijah. You need to hear my voice. And God whispered to him. Now, how does that help you? Somebody's coming to kill you. You want a God that would just say, hey, I'm sending fire, right? <laughs> you don't want God to whisper. <laughs> like, what does whispering do to Elijah? Here's what whispering did to Elijah. God was reminding Elijah that, number one, Jezebel is not that big. It's big she's big to you, but she's not big to me. And I'm going to take care of that. Number two, God was reminding Elijah that Elijah, every single step of your life is a miracle. And you miss all the miracles along the way because you are looking for something big. And when we find ourselves discouraged, when we find ourselves in despair, we need to remember that every single second of our life is a miracle. And God is there with you. You see, a miracle, simply, the definition of miracle is this. It's a supernatural intervention is when the divine intervened in human affairs. And if God stopped intervening for just not even a second, take a second and divide it by one billion. I don't know, you cannot even do that math. I cannot. It's when God stopped intervening for just not even a second, just for a blink of an eye, the universe will cease to exist. Do you know that? So when we are having a bad day, we need to remind ourselves that God does not stop intervening in our own affairs. 
that he is still there. We just are not aware of it. And here's what God did to Elijah. While Elijah was busy running, looking for big signs, big miracles, the angel of the Lord touched him and said, get up and eat. <laughs> isn't, isn't that amazing? God said, look, what you truly need is food, Elijah. <laughs> so let me feed you. Isn't, isn't our God is so good that sometimes he gives things that we don't even ask for. Because Elijah did not ask for food. He was hungry. And he wanted to die. And God said, you don't even have to ask me to kill you. Elijah said, God, take my life. Said, you don't even have to ask me to kill you. I will just leave you and you will die of hunger. And the matter of fact, Elijah, if you want to die, why are you running from Jezebel? Because she wants to kill you. So stay where you are and she will kill you. The, matter, the fact that you're running, you don't really want to die. So God said, you know what? Let's, let's forget about kill me. Let me just feed you because that is what you need right now. And God is good at doing that. When we have our problems and we're going, oh man, I have this, I have this, I have this. And God will say, look. What you think is your problem is not your problem because look deeply. I've been, I've been intervening. I've been providing all this, 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 this. You don't just know. You don't just know. You're so focused on that thing that you think it's your problem. But I've been providing so many things. God will say, if you just stop and begin to count your blessings, you will spend your entire life counting your blessings one after another, one after another. Why are you so focused on that? And you miss every single thing. God just showed up and said, Elijah, here's food. Eat. Here's water. Drink. Jezebel is not your problem. Your problem right now is you're hungry. <laughs> Elijah ate and went back and God said the second thing, sleep rest because when you're having a bad day you're discouraged, you truly need to rest and then Elijah ate the first time the angel came back the second time and said get up eat again <laughs> and when you eat start running Elijah 8. God knows what you need. And he will provide exactly what you need. And when you come to face to face with, when you're confronted with despair and discouragement, you have to remember that God is with you. And he knows what you need, and he'll provide exactly what you need at that moment. I love this text. I'll end with this. For I know, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. The plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You see, you only come to the end of yourself 
when you're convinced that tomorrow cannot be better than today. But if you know that God has a plan for the future, and you believe that his plan for the future is good and the future to give you hope, then there's no need to ask God, take my life. Your life is so, so important to God. You're worth everything. You're worth for him to send his son to die on the cross for you. So don't let a bad day ruin your future. Tomorrow is better. And it's going to get better. He said, I love the way Jesus, he said, you know, so greater things are yet to come. So, bad days will come, but remember God have a plan. Bad days will come. Don't isolate yourself. Stay with people that will remind you God have a plan. <laughs> Bad days will come. Don't compare. Because you're right where God wants you to be. In his perfect plan and will for you. And today we're just going to step into a time of communion. And I'll call our leaders to come forward. Communion is simply this. Jesus said, when you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. You do this in remembrance of your redemption. You do this in remembrance that he promised that he will never leave us or forsake us. We do this in remembrance of resurrection. Resurrection means we have life again and because we have life even in the moments of despair we can look at our future and say look God have a plan and we have life and we can look forward to seeing his plans come to fulfillment so as we take the communion today I don't know Maybe some of you are really, today you're experiencing a bad day, or yesterday was a bad day, or the bad day will come tomorrow, or you don't know when it will come. Let it be just a reminder that Jesus is with you in the mix of everything that you'll be going through. So I will invite you to come forward. You take the you take the bread, you take the juice, and uh, and I would just encourage you to go back to your seat, pray, and just open up your heart and say, "Is there anything that I need to bring to Jesus right now? Is there anything that is weighing me? Is there any burden? Is there anything that is just..." pulling me down because I, I know I'm created to soar. I, I'm, I'm created to fly. Jesus, will you set me free for the burdens that are holding me this morning?
Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you invited us to come to have fellowship with you. We thank you that you made a way for us. You made an access for us to come to the Father. And even in the moments of despair, even in the moments of discouragement, when we're having bad days, we can come to you because you are God who restores things. And we thank you for that. As we partake of this communion, let it be a reminder for us of our redemption, of our relationship with you, of the sacrifice that you made on the cross to bring us back to you, to create a way for us, to show us the plans that you have for us. We just thank you for that, that we can rest in that. And I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen.